Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm, there's a bit of foam on the top to wade through there. And I love the foam. I loves me some foam. It is Tuesday, March 10th. Here we are. Tuesday, March 10th. Um... <coughs> Another beautiful moon set this morning. So hard to capture those colors. That's, uh, I know that's why photography remains a, a true art because um, trying to find the settings on the camera to get those, you know, really capture what the eye sees. It's just, um, boy, just so difficult. And I was irritated with myself because I had my, my good camera, the Olympus, out yesterday to take the photos of the moon. And then I had it attached to the laptop. And, you know, so I could transfer to, you know, storage on the laptop. And I forgot. I have my laptop sort of like in this little nook, this little, well, what used to be my, my printer stand. But now I never print anything. So it's the lower half is where I store copies of my books that you can buy through my website store <laughs> but that's where I keep the inventory <clears throat> and then the top is just it's I, I would like to divide it up because it's kind of wasted space because my laptop takes up just sits there in this great big space where the printer used to sit but the camera was in there with it and uh, I forgot that it was on and yesterday I charged up the battery in the camera because it was starting to get low so I was very proud of myself for getting the battery charged up and charged it up and then attached that in the afternoon, took the pictures off and forgot. And then this morning I went to get the Olympus, the good camera, so I could try to capture the beautiful moon set. And the battery had drained down on my camera because I left it on there for like 24 hours. Not quite 24 hours, but still. So now I'm charging the battery again and I took the picture with my phone. <laughs> alas, alack, my my life is so difficult. I am feeling a twitch of allergies this morning, that to be expected with the weather warming up. We are supposed to get some rain tomorrow. Rain would be nice. Maybe even snow this weekend. It's our time of year to go back and forth between rain and snow. So... I'm trying to think of what I have to say. I was thinking about this as I was sitting down. What do I have to say? I don't really know. Um, still making good progress on the promised queen. I got um, all. I got my three k yesterday. So I was trying to figure out where I'm at. I must be at like fifty seven k. I wasn't finding the. Oh, here, here's the file. I was thinking I should look it up before I started talking. But you know, what's the fun in that? Okay, here we can see. So yeah, I'm just over 57,000. Um, it's still going well. <laughs> I don't know why. But yeah, definitely at this midpoint pivot. I didn't quite get through. I'm at a point where my hero must discover something about himself. 
I have him poised. He's been resisting it, and now he's going to discover a truth about himself. And I'm not sure what it's going to be. I'm going to write through it today and see if he tells me, see if I discover it along with him. Otherwise, I may, um, I may have to go back and fill that in, depending on how things play out. That's one of the lovely things about writing, is that you can go back and plant the seeds if you need to. <laughs> it's a fun scene, though, because, and it's a, a theme that I enjoy, that I have, um, I feel like is personally important to me, and I always enjoy it in the stories. Um, I guess, I guess you could call it a trope, a common element of fairy tales, the moment of having to look in the magic mirror, essentially, and face your true self. Um, there's all sorts of iterations of it. The, um, in the Forgotten Beasts of Eld by Patricia McKillop, the, the Boar Cyrus is always talking about how the giant was hit in the eye with a stone and it, his eye rolled backward in his head and he died of what he saw there. And that comes around beautifully in the story of what happens to the sorceress. Oh, and that actually gives me an idea of what I think may, my hero may discover about himself. Yeah, actually, I'm, thanks, guys. <laughs> I may have just figured it out. So anyway, it's a, it's a wonderful metaphor, I think, for, for human beings in general. I was talking with a friend of mine who had become aggravated with a mutual friend. And I made the point that the mutual friend uh, is, doesn't strike me as someone much given to self-examination. And we agreed that's true. And it's, it's a difficult, um, they can be a difficult person to live with, but it's also very difficult for them to live with themselves. And it, was it Thoreau who said that the unexamined life is not worth living? There's a little bit of a counter to this movement because memoirs are um, frequently criticized for navel gazing, as if being as if examining oneself is not interesting. And maybe it's not interesting to other people. I mean, I do think that some memoirs commit that sin of being interesting only to the person who wrote it, but. Self-examination is critical to growing as human beings, right? I mean, if we just go on our way without really digging into the truth of why we behave the way we do or why we feel the way we do, then, well, you know, it sort of depends on your philosophy of life. I think... Um, it's one of the ways that the Christian concept of life and death can actually work against, I don't know, being a, a decent person in life or trying to be a better person because the idea of being good can be very simplistic. 
especially for the people who feel like all they need to do is go to church and maybe tithe money to the church and and say that they are a follower of Christ or whatever, giving lip service to it. I come from a Catholic family and and we would have conversations about the whole fact that you know that you could confess your sins and be forgiven and you don't actually have to change. <laughs> you don't you don't have to attempt to not be bad again. It, it's a really weird loophole of the Catholic Church. And really of the church, it, it's something that evolved over time and partly is like a fundraiser for the church because people would pay for absolution. But, you know, and, and also it kept you coming back to the priest and, and so forth and tithing to the church, also fundraisers, right? But, you know, it's it's an interesting... I don't know, um, loophole, I guess, we'll stick with that, of the Catholic Church, that, that I could go out and commit premeditated murder and go confess it and be fine with God in my immortal soul. <laughs> right? You know, I might have to say my Hail Marys and so forth. I don't think that was the intention of it, you know, to relieve ourselves of our sins. I think that there must be expiation of guilt and penance, which I know is also a very Catholic idea. But anyway, you know, I believe that we grow and change through our lives, that we, that part of our purpose here on earth is to, to evolve as human beings, to learn our lessons. And, and I do believe that we come back in repeated lives and that until we learn the lesson, we keep working our way through the same problems over and over again. <laughs> you know, like the same things keep happening in your life, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening to me again. And that's kind of what was happening with our mutual friend, because it was like, everybody is against me, and nobody wants me to succeed, and this terrible thing is happening over and over. And it's like, you know, if you get in the place in your life where you're feeling like everybody is against you or everybody is mad at you, then you have to look at the common denominator in this problem, right? And and the common denominator is you. It's like, okay, so either everybody else is crazy or there's a problem with you. But that requires self-examination, which outside of fiction doesn't always happen. <laughs> but I suppose a lot of that comes from my... my uh, attraction to and devotion to uh, the Taoist path because if you, you know, the, the Taoism is all about finding your own way, about finding your own path and, and trying to become one with the Tao, <clears throat> which means removing flaws. It means polishing so that you are not being distracted by the shinies, by the racing and the hunting that madden the mind. It's cleaving to your own sense of the Tao, your own sense of right and wrong, of justice, and so forth. So, <clears throat> let's see. I, I got, I talked on the phone yesterday with my accountant and solved 
several problems. I had a couple of questions on taxes and another question on this secret project I've been working on. And I was feeling very frustrated because he hadn't answered a couple of my emails and I'd left him a voicemail last week. And then yesterday he finally emailed me back and we got on the phone and I was able to move forward on this step. I'm sorry, I can't tell you guys about this project, but I am keeping it secret. I'm not the only one working on it. But it was like, finally. So I feel very good that that's moving forward. I also um, emailed with Agent Sarah yesterday, and she said that we're going to go out on submission again with that shiny from the fall, um, maybe by the end of this week. And she said, um, she's very funny because she said she was waiting for Mercury to come out of retrograde. <clears throat> and I was like, uh, I, I guessed as much. <laughs> I guess you were waiting for Mercury to come out of retrograde. You know, and it's funny because I know there's no scientific basis for astrology. But I think Mercury is out of retrograde today. And yesterday that happened. And the secret project thing that I, there were like five things waiting on that. And so then they all clicked in a place, boom, boom, boom. I got answers to several other emails yesterday. Uh, it's just like, thank God. <laughs> the communication is flowing again. I had so many things that I was like, why is nobody getting back to me? And now they are. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, I don't even care if it has to do with Mercury or if it's a mass mind thing. I'm just glad that we're all communicating again. So my poor mom did not have a great birthday. Um, I sent her flowers and she liked her flowers. But she's still climbing out of the flu. And my stepdad is deep in it. So they are just kind of the, uh, what the, the sick household bummer for them but I'm hoping that this means that their immune systems will be tuned up will be strong and juiced up in case they encounter coronavirus we're still in kind of the waiting days on this and it will be interesting to go back and listen to some of these podcasts later after we know exactly how it plays out because right now we're you know, still not that many positive cases in the U.S., but there also hasn't been much testing. So, you know, it could be that that we are in this semi-invisible phase of the pandemic where, you know, given that it has about an 11 to 14-day incubation a whole lot of us could have it and be passing it around and not realize it, you know, be carrying the virus. So it won't be like until this starts to bloom that we will have a sense of, of how bad the contagion is going to be in the United States. Um, it could be that it'll fizzle, you know, like, I don't, we didn't have this great concern with avian flu. And, and there are a lot of things Precautions being taken that I think are very important precautions. Um, Tucson Festival of Books was canceled. I guess the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Boston was canceled. Uh, 
you know, a lot of these large gatherings are are being canceled, and I think that that's important. But, you know, like schools are staying open. A few universities have closed. It, it, it's hard to say. You know, maybe it'll still be contained. I saw somebody on Twitter saying, you know, hey, folks, look, you know, there's 600 cases in the United States, and that's how many were in Italy on February 27th, and that was 11 days ago, and now Italy's on complete lockdown. And, you know, and I could see that logic makes sense to a point, except that the place, the spot that they're talking about in Italy is much, much smaller geographically than the United States. And other places like China and Iran, where it's the disease has just spread out of control, are much more tightly populated. So I'm not sure how the distances will make a difference in the U.S. You know, it might be that it will mainly be confined to cities, you know, and I think it's good that the cities are taking precautions. Right now, New Mexico still stands as no cases, and they say they're testing people, but, you know, it's like, okay, do we really have no cases, or do we? are we just passing it around, and then it all of a sudden it'll go boom? So it's an interesting time to live in. I've it, it on the one hand it is you know there's a lot of fear involved and a lot of dread that it could get worse. And then at the same time it's like well why why dread the future? Um you know you live in the moment and enjoy how things are now. So I keep going back and forth. And counting my blessings that I, I get to work from home. <laughs> um, that's that's definitely a, a good thing right now. And and people will be wanting to read books, right? <laughs> if we if we are self-isolating and staying home from the big entertainments. So I think uh, with that I shall get to work and put my hero's feet to the fire, as it were. Uh, First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Podcast Network, and you can find other podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. Take care. Bye-bye.